I cannot wait for the for the rows in front of us to be cleared out by the third quarter, and so we can just keep on keep on moseying down. And I'm here for all of it. Garments of prediction will be will be worn. By the way, uh, do you have multiple garments of prediction or just the one? You only have to go off of what we tell you, but let me just assure you, we're not sharing a robe. Just so you're fully aware, there are no other garments that we are sharing outside of the robe. Felipe Franks and Dan Mullen belong together. If you took the cockiness of Tim Tebow, the absolute deplorable character of Baker Mayfield. And the and the talent of who? <laughs> Welcome to Talking Dogs. I'm Clint. And I'm Daniel. And we're two guys who love UGA sports. One of us is from the South. And one of us is from the West Coast. One of us is a lifelong Georgia fan. One is a more recent convert. But we both share a borderline obsessive, often ridiculous desire to see UGA succeed just like you do. This podcast is a place to talk about the dogs the way you would at a tailgate, in your backyard, or over a drink with your friends. Are we insiders? Nah. Do we have lofty recruiting connections? Nope. We are just two guys who love talking about the dogs, so let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Talking Dogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I'm Clint. And uh, Daniel, we are single digits less than a week from eyes on UGA on the field at Vandy playing football. Have you ever noticed, Clint, when you start to get close to something... That you've been anticipating for a long time. It starts to feel less and less real the closer that you get to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 100%. Like you're going on a big vacation and you, you're dreaming about it. Let's say it's planned months in advance. Well, mo- when you're months out, you're dreaming about it. And it feels it feels like you're, you're picturing exact things that you're going to be doing and feeling and... But then when you get like when you're when you're leaving for the airport the next day, it's almost like am i even going on this like where's my suitcase do i even need to do what's what is life anymore that's how i feel about georgia football right now like i can't even i'm not yeah i'm looking for the extra pair of trunks that i forgot the swim trunks yeah you know thinking through my brain did i forget to pack that unpacking the the bag in the airport freaking out uh absolutely that's that's the feeling i have right now speaking of packing bags uh you you're making the pilgrimage down to uh, to old Nashville, Tennessee. Music City, here we come. We're going to have kids in the car. We're going to have DVDs playing, and um, we will be in person for uh, right. what will be a sweltering great time uh, at at the Commodore it's, facilities. It's going to be hot, but it's going to be worth it. First game of the season. We will be there. Have eyes on this team. Cannot wait. I, I, I cannot wait for the for the rows in front of us to be cleared out by the third quarter, and so we can just keep on keep on moseying keep on down, pressing down. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you th- what do you think? I'm curious, Georgia fans, what you what you think about this, Clint? I'll ask you your take on this. What, what do you think percentage wise? This has kind of been the big question circling around. What do you think the percentage of red in the stadium is going to be? I could tell you two years ago I was there. And it was conservatively 85%. It was 85% red. I was just going to say, without batting an eye, it's at least 65-70%. And uh, I think, especially this year, with how much excitement has already been growing, uh, gosh, Daniel, 
I don't know how many Vandy fans will actually show up, see the red, and then actually go in. I think they'll just turn around and start scalping those tickets. See, I think the I've said before. I think the um, the fact that it's the opening game of the season is going to limit. You know, these tickets are high. If you you bought Very these tickets, high. then you know. Uh, and I, that's because I, I think that's because it's Labor Day weekend. Because if you're a Vandy season ticket holder, you've been waiting all season for football too. You know, and so you're even though you know you're going to get destroyed, you're more likely to go to this game. Than you uh, are. If there was any game, week yeah. seven, you know, yeah, uh, against Georgia. So, uh, yeah, I I still think it's going to be. I think we're going to be up around seventy percent. And you're right. By the third quarter, it's going to be ninety five percent red and black. Yep, in the stadium. And I'm here for all of it. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about the Vandy game. Going to we're going to break it down a little bit. Uh, give you our thoughts and opinions. Um, maybe make some, some prognostications and, uh, predicting, predict, maybe, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe some garments of prediction will be, will be worn. Uh, by the way, uh, do you have multiple garments of prediction or just the one? Well, between the two of us, there's multiple. Okay. Each of us has a robe. We don't share a robe just for the public. I know you can't see us. So you, you're, you're just... You only have to go off of what we tell you, but let me just assure you, we're not sharing a robe over here. And just just so you're fully aware, there are no other garments that we are sharing outside of the robe. <laughs> this so this really took a turn. I don't know where know where we thought we were going here, but I don't think it ended up in a great place. Let's take this moment to just pause and say hello and welcome to all of our new listeners out there. If you're if you're yep. new to the podcast. If you're new to the podcast in the last couple of weeks, maybe football season's coming around. You've done some, just done some searching on Apple Podcasts or uh-huh. somewhere else. You have uh, stumbled upon us. We're glad to have you. Um, this is about what you get. Just so, you, just so we're, just we want to be totally upfront. Like <laughs> this is this is not outside of normalcy. Welcome smack dab into the middle maybe, of normalcy maybe you're, for us. Maybe you're thinking like. Mm, they must like maybe it's early in the morning and like the production value is a little off here and they're just a little off their game. Nope, this is about it. This is about the ah. normal thing. We do appreciate you uh, following along with us. You can help us out a tremendous amount by uh, subscribing to the podcast. If you're not subscribed, do people listen to podcasts that they're not subscribed to? This is always. My, I don't know how that works. I have no idea. I here's my here's my what's your go to podcast regimen? Normally, I find a new podcast and I listen to uh-huh. one episode. Either the most recent episode or the episode in the last three most recent that seems the most interesting to me. I listen to one episode and then I immediately make a decision. I'm never going to listen to this podcast again or I subscribe to that podcast because like I don't have time to go searching for podcasts every time I want to like – so just – Either never listen to us again. We get that if that's going to be don't, the thing that you don't do that thing. Well, if, just don't listen to Daniel. If on that's that. if that's what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. That's fine. But if you're if you're listening to the podcast and you enjoy the podcast, just subscribe to the podcast. That'll help you out because then you won't have to go searching for it. It'll show up there in your feed, and it'll help us out a tremendous amount as well. You can leave us a rating. You can leave us a How review. How about this? How about this? Subscribe and never listen to it. 
is it also I think a at great some option. point it automatically unsubscribes you if you don't ever listen well, to something. That is a crying shame. Uh, well, or at least it stops downloading episodes, which is all that helps us, which is all, all that we care that's about. That's all we're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Look, you post that you post that photo of you at the beach. You just you're after them likes. You know what I, that's all you're doing. We put this podcast up here. We're just after them downloads. You know? Like we're just trying to we're just out here chasing them downloads. Thirsty for downloads. <laughs> Thirsty for downloads. We are just, again, it's been well noted. We are that, that shallow of people. We need affirmation that bad people. We really do. Leave us a rating. Uh, five stars always preferred, just like Kirby uh, at this podcast. We we sort of only, we, we, don't, we only we take, don't take five stars. Else. That's all we do. Um, okay. Uh, you, or, or decommit and go elsewhere. You can leave us a review. We got a couple new, couple new reviews. I'm not going to read them out loud. But thank you to those of you that have left us a new we review. We appreciate that. Um, we got to get some space between Trevor's review and the most recent review. That's really what we're going for here. So if you want to <laughs> hop on there, add a couple more. And, and you know what? Just, just put, on a, put on a deep paragraph. Oh. about anything just put words you know so you have to scroll down for for trevor uh also also daniel uh there's a paul feinbaum uh rehabilitation group that we've started on twitter yeah we need um, yeah this is we need we're gonna have our it's a pfa paul feinbaum anonymous that we're gonna yes. start um we're starting yeah stay strong people don't listen i know you're i know you're thirsty for all things sec but there are 152 better things to listen to in your day than Paul Feinbaum. Oh. Uh, find them and do better. Easily. Easily. That is a conservative number. It really is. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, if there are things that you – we're always available to you um, at Dogs Podcast on Twitter, uh, talkingdogspod at gmail.com as well if you want to uh, reach out. Let us know what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Uh, anything in particular that you want us to talk about, you can get to us that way. Today, Clint, mm-hmm. there's lots to discuss. Okay, because there's, there's lots. Because... There's a real football game coming up this weekend. Yes, but there were also real football games the past weekend. We've already well, seen. By, and by and by real, we mean they they went to a record. But by real, we do not mean authentically good football. We mean they counted for something. Golly, is what we mean. Golly, they were ugly. They're just in they were two ugly. totally different ways. They were so ugly. Um, uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about what we learned on Saturday. Um, uh, watching football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just give me. Let's just maybe we'll go back and forth and, and just share some things that we learned. Yeah. With the people, in case maybe you didn't get to watch, or maybe you didn't notice these same things. Uh, Clint, what's the first thing that you learned on Saturday? Uh, I'm going to start off slow. I'm going to I'm going to go shallow to deep in here. The first thing I learned is um, anybody in America can play quarterback for Hawaii and succeed. This is the first thing I learned. Look out! First thing I learned is that if you want to go ahead and get yourself some stats and feel good about yourself. Uh, two-star, three-star, wherever it is, go play some ball at Hawaii. Get a nice tan, get some dreads, and just sling the ball around. Because there's this cat on Hawaii's team who I think he had 18 touchdowns in the first quarter, catching, receiving last last uh, week. Yeah. Guy was insane, all over the place, slinging yeah. the ball over the yard. First thing I learned, Hawaii knows how to get... <laughs> 
studs from the quarterback position. Man, Dreadlo- at one point in the game, Dreadlocks McGee had uh, he he was twenty one of twenty seven with four interceptions. Four. Do you inter- he had as many interceptions as touchdowns and almost as many incompletions you, as touchdowns and interceptions. Do you understand what I'm saying? When he threw the ball, it never hit the ground. <laughs> okay, right. like never. It was either caught by one of his teammates or the other team. Uh, he led his team. He threw what he threw four touchdown passes, and then he got benched. And then they said, "That's okay." And then they said, "You know what? We think we can win this game if we stop throwing the ball to the other team. All we have to do is make sure that their quarterback doesn't get a chance to run because we can't tackle anybody. So stop giving them the chance." Let me, so let me hey. I'm not a big stock market guy, but just imagine, Clint, I think about this often. Just imagine if you could buy stock in ambiguous things, not not physical companies, but just in like ideas in concepts. Yeah. 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 How much money would you make if you had bought stock in uh, in? The number of times that announcers are going to say that Chevin Cordero was Tua Tungavailoa's backup in high school. How, like how many? How much money would you be sitting on right now? Like that is a stock the, that is about to skyrocket this season. The CBS Sports Network broadcast team is the most predictably bad team in the entire world. Uh, the second thing I learned, you, you didn't ask me. The second thing yeah, I learned go for is uh, Rick Newheisel. Rick Newheisel. Uh, won't ever stop guessing plays in his sleep. He is just spouting off guesses to plays, and his wife is actually turning over, saying, "Rick, you're you're wrong. Rick, you're you're wrong. Rick, you're wrong. This is a run. This is a run. And then they throw the ball twenty five yards down the field, and then the next time they line up, screen pass, screen pass." And the quarterback runs it up the middle. <laughs> and, and, and everybody would be talking about something else. And Rick just wormed his way right into the middle of the conversation. Interrupts everybody. This is a, this is a, this is a screen here. This is, uh, 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 real quick. This is, this is a screen here. Uh, he had to have thought he was sitting on a gold mine of offensive line tells for Hawaii. This just in, Rick. You got fired from 14 head coaching jobs. The head uh-huh. coach from Hawaii still coaching football. Okay? Uh-huh. So let's just let's just slow our roll and say if if you think you can guess the exact play based on the offensive line formation every single time, chances are the head coach of Hawaii has thought of that. And has thought of the fact that a defensive coordinator can probably do that as well. And he's going to change some things up, Rick. But Rick just would not. He kept going to the well over and over. Gosh, that was, that was It was fantastic. so beautiful. All right, Clint, Daniel, what are, what's something you learned? Clint, let me just, we got to stop. We just, we're talking about Hawaii, Arizona. I have more thoughts about Hawaii, Arizona. But let's get into the Miami, Florida game. Okay. Here's what I learned, and there's a lot of things that we can say around this topic, but I'm going to tell you that the thing that I learned at the end of the day, after after 24 hours of processing, okay, I think I'm in a good place with, with this. I think I learned that, Clint, Felipe Franks 
and Dan Mullen belong together. They really are a perfect couple, aren't they? It's almost sweet. I almost, I, I want to wrap them up a little gift and send it to them and just say congratulations on finding each other. Because, because look, a, a chemistry like that, it doesn't come around every, I mean, the divorce rate in our country, Clint, is just skyrocketed. People, no one can commit to anything anymore. But, but then you have, then you see Felipe and Dan and man, mm. they belong together, don't they? You know, that group of friends that the, there's a guy and a gal who have dated everybody else and they've, the common denominator mm-hmm. in all the breakups are them. Yeah. And you're looking around and you do, you like when you go out on, on, on dates with couples, there's your one single friend who like uh-huh. is just is just a dumpster fire. Just is already in her fourth cocktail and it's five thirty. Can't figure out what the problem is. Can't can't figure out and, and just moaning and complaining the whole time. And then all of a sudden these friends get together and they're like, Oh my gosh, that was so bad to be with Tiffany last night. And then the guys are there like, Oh my gosh, it was so bad being with, with Dan last night. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, what wait a second here. And they get them together, and they just the the harmony of dysfunction is out of the out of this world, Daniel. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. By the way, apologies to uh, I believe Tiffany, the video production. You know what technician that's where that, that's from? Where that came from. I was wondering where that name came Georgia from. Georgia football. We do not in any way believe that you are a dumpster fire. You're a wonderful human being, Tiffany. You are. You keep doing what you're doing. Keep running that team with precision. Uh, Clint didn't mean anything by it. Listen, listen, I did not. Felipe Franks. Name a bigger douchebag. I'll wait. And and listen, okay. I I saw Baker Mayfield. Name a bigger douchebag because oh, no, I I saw Baker Mayfield just be an absolute ass everywhere he has gone in life and still continue to be one. I I can't find one, Daniel. I can't find one. Felipe Franks is at Baker Mayfield Rose Bowl. This is the culmination of Baker Mayfield's douchebag college career. Felipe Franks is there now, Clint. He's got a whole he, this is games this is game one of the season. He's got nowhere if to you, go but up. If you took the cockiness of Tim Tebow, the absolute deplorable character of Baker Mayfield. And the the talent of who? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. We've stopped that. Okay. The the talent of Joe Cox? (laughs) Sure. Sure. You know. Apologies to Joe Cox if you're listening to Joe Cox, if you're listening to the podcast. We didn't mean it. We didn't mean walk it. on at Tulane, yeah. you know, yeah. just whatever that looks like. Uh, no, Felipe Franks is and and Dan Mullen were were a match made in hell, and it's beautiful for them. Um, what what else did you learn in in when you laid eyes on this uh, Florida Miami game, Clint? What was? Here's what I learned, Daniel. All right. Uh, I learned to trust the eyeballs and the ears and the brain that you and I have in our heads and our bodies when it comes to other teams in the SEC. We need to trust ourselves much more, Dan, which is kind of scary. That's not because you and I have that does not sound right. I'll just No, it I'll sounds just, it, it sounds 
It sounds right. Because you and I, for a while now, have been talking. Not not fanboy hype that, oh, we hate Florida because we hate Florida. But legitimate reasons that Florida is an awful team. And we have diagnosed well a few of those concepts, Daniel. Uh, now, this is scary. Because you and I have a couple games on the schedule that we're terrified of. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which which terrifies me, because if I was right about this to such a T yeah. that we knew who Felipe Franks was, we knew who Dan was, we knew who this defense was going to be, we knew who this, uh, the whole team, if we knew all this, I'm a little nervous. Nervous because, about that uh, Missouri game and that Texas A&M uh, game. Just, those just are the two games. Getting them out there. The two games that Daniel and I have said, Missouri in November, A&M uh, for Daniel, we're, we have them circled, and we're going to be sweating a lot. But are you nervous about that game down in Jacksonville, Clint? Uh, that's going to be a great time. It's gonna be that's going to be just a great, such a fun day. Just a great time will be had by all. Um, sort of a subcategory to the last thing that I learned. Uh, Felipe Franks ain't winning no Heisman. Is he, Clint? Is Felipe Franks going to win the Heisman? Um, his Q- gosh, I don't his know. QBR I don't... was like 32. In this game, is that good? I don't know how to delicately. um, There's no chance on planet Earth Felipe Franks sniffs New York City. Not even, not even if he pays for his own ticket to go see Hamilton, will he be allowed into the port of New York City? Felipe Franks going and seeing Hamilton, he would be the guy that would say, "You're doing it wrong. Let me get up on stage and let me do it better." That's what Felipe would do. Um, uh, gosh, he looked. That team looked in, in total dysfunction. They scratched and clawed <laughs> out a win. But let me get to the next thing that I learned, Clint. Yeah. Um, and this this one hurts me. Okay, because I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go second level. I mean, there's an obvious observation that we all made watching the game. But um, maybe maybe you made this connection yourself, Georgia fans. Maybe you didn't. I'm going to make it for you. Yeah. And this one hurts. It's going to hurt. Because listen, listen to me. Have you seen the videos of Mark Richt in the ACC Network Studios? It have Just yucking it up and having a great time. Listen, I've never been happier for a person in my life than I am for Mark Richt right now. Because he's, he's, he's going to be a happier person out of coaching. He's going to live a better life. He's he's got plenty of money. He doesn't need this for his own affirmation. He just he's he's going to be a happier individual. And I'm always for people pursuing, you know, what's going to make them happy instead of what's expected of them. But uh, but listen, does Mark Rick struggle to recruit enough quality offensive linemen in his history? Coaching, Clint. Is that if a, I could is say that one thing? thing that has followed him and has been the ghost that has always haunted him? It is his inability to find anybody uh, to protect and block. Correct, uh, Clint. This Miami offensive line is the worst thing I've ever seen of all the things that I've ever seen. Uh, and and let's don't. Let's don't forget where that came from. Like, let's don't forget why there's a true freshman starting at left tackle who I fundamentally believe, I'd have to go back and watch it again to verify, I don't think he touched anyone during the game. Like, I don't think he laid his hand on a blue shirt one time during the entire game. Uh, Why is he starting? 
Is this a Manny Diaz problem? Clint? Uh, nope. No. Manny Diaz inherited such such debt. Uh, he is buried deep in $15,000 worth of credit card debt when he married his spouse. And he's sitting there going, I don't know how we're going to crawl this hole, but but money Listen. envelopes are on their way. Listen, Mark, Mark, Mark Richt in offensive line recruiting is – it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's bad. It's tough. Uh, what else um, did you learn watching football on Saturday, Clint? Uh, well, the other thing I learned is talk about buying stock. Yeah. What do, you, um, what do you want to get some stock in? What are you trying to Speaking invest of in? the aforementioned, give me some Manny Diaz stock oh, you're, and give it to me now. Oh, you're high on this cat, huh? I'm high. Did you watch him? Now, it was really easy because it was juxtaposed with Dan on the other sideline. Okay, so you, I, I get it. Anybody can look good when side-by-side side with Dan Mullen. I, I get that. Um, but, Daniel, give me stock in Manny Diaz because it looks like – he is what Miami needed. Uh, he is he is a little bit stoic, uh, not boisterous. Uh, he's got some some guys that can play down there, and he now Florida's not good, but for this stage for this where I I think Miami has a good shot to win uh, their their division this year, and uh, I think Miami is looking good. Give me some stock in Manny Diaz if I was an ACC fan, which I'm not, but if I was. I like what he's got going on. Manny Diaz couldn't be more opposite of Dan Mullen, could he? I'll nope. tell you, the only way he could be more opposite of Dan Mullen is if his name was Kirby Smart. That's the yeah. <laughs> Every year, um, maybe you will be able to empathize with this, people listening. Every year, um, I have to, before football season starts, I have to sit down with my wife and like re-explain who everybody is. Like I don't yep. know if maybe you're listening to this and that's that's your situation with your maybe it maybe you're a woman and it's with your husband I don't know, but it, I have to sit down and have a conversation because sometime somehow in the, during the off season, all of this information just leaves her brain like she remembers yeah. like vaguely who Kirby Smart is, but you know so we're sitting there watching the Florida Miami game and and. She says, no, remind, who's, who's Florida's coach? Remind me who this guy is. Who's, who's this? And so I start trying to describe Dan Mullen. Oh, gosh. And just it's an exercise. Uh, I, I actually recommend it. I recommend it to you if you've never. I start trying to describe Dan Mullen, and it's, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be fair, but also give her an accurate picture of, of who this person yeah. is. You don't want to lie to your wife. And, I, I, and the only thing, I sit there for a minute, and I just say, uh... He he worked for Urban Meyer. He's he's a offensive coach. He was the head coach at Mississippi State for like eight years, and then she stopped me and she said, "Wait, Mississippi State?" And I said, "Yeah," for like eight years, and then she said, "And Florida hired him?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yep, yep, they did." <clears throat> And she was like, "Okay, well, 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 like, what's he like?" And I was, and I just said, "He's a clown. He's just a, that's what he's like. He's he's a clown." Uh, my son Asher, friend of the podcast, uh, oh yeah, now refers to Dan Mullen exclusively as Dopey Dan, which is you're, is fantastic. Um, Daniel, you're you're parenting right. Good for you. We're trying to raise him right over here. Uh, yeah. Dan Mullen is a clown on the sidelines. And to your point, Manny Diaz and Kirby Smart 
not cut from the same cloth as no. that one. They're not. No, uh, not at all. Uh, I got I got a couple more things I learned, Daniel. I got a, I got a couple more as well. Go ahead. Okay, um, we'll go through these quickly. Okay, yeah, we'll 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 try to be quick uh, on these. Um, the other thing I learned is that my the the hole in my heart that happened when when Butch was fired uh-huh. from Tennessee. Okay, and I thought to myself, I need more people saying stupid things in post-game interviews. Okay. Uh, That has been more than filled. It is overflowing Mm. in abundance. My cup runneth over, Uh Daniel, of stupidity in post-game interviews by anybody from the University of Florida, and I can't get enough of it. Thank you for filling that Butch Davis size hole. I appreciate... uh, uh, Butch Butch Jones size hole. I appreciate all of you. Um, The hole had a flat top? As, as I recall, like it was a Butch Jones sized hole, like it had some sort of weird flat top haircut. Um, yep. Yeah. I, um, what's he smiling about? Clint, I just like that's just my, that's my question to you. Like, what's he, and secondary question, where's he looking? Like, what's he looking at? Like, what, what's off to the right? Is he afraid of Maria Taylor? Serious question. Is he afraid of Maria Taylor? Because if he is, good on you, Dan. I get it. I get, I get it. it. If she way, wanted to, she could dismantle you. Oh, oh, Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor is just plotting her time to take over ESPN, just so we're fully aware, and I support it 100%. Also, if you want to know what type of person Dan is, watch every single woman reporter that has to interview him and watch them lean away from where he is because they can't get away from him fast enough. Seven. Seven is the number of people uh, accused or convicted of domestic violence under his watch this okay, this year. Seven. No, not not in totality. Oh, no, not, just in not, one calendar We're not dating year. back to like Mississippi State or, yeah. No, seven. Okay. Seven, that's the number. Okay, good. <clears throat> good. Uh, Clint, we can we can we can pass through this one kind of quickly. It's just it it does happen to be something I learned. Uh, I don't know I don't know how else to say it. Kevin Sumlin's drunk. Kevin Sumlin is drunk. I, he's drunk. I told you, like Daniel. I told you when you said last week he would have to realize what what he has in his quarterback. I say he had to put the forty down for for just a couple seconds. He is toasted twenty four seven. You don't have to. You don't even have to watch the product on the field. Just look in his eyes on the sideline. He's not even there. No, like the man, the man is just a walking intoxication. <laughs> yes, just co- it's coming out of his pores over there on the sideline, uh, and he's just adjusting that visor, trying to figure out what he's looking at out there. I'll tell you what you're looking at out there. You just lost to Hawaii, Kevin. Kevin, you lost. You you lost the game. To Hawaii. Real quick, word, word association game. I say Hawaii. In the first 272 words you come up with, is football one of them? <laughs> Even in the context of a college football podcast, when Hawaii just played a game? No. Still no. Okay. Still. Good. Still not thinking. Uh, it's still at least 300 words before I get to Colt Brennan. And like yeah. that's that's going to be that's going to be 
the first one that I get to. Last thing that I learned, speaking of Hawaii, uh, I learned something that, that just gonna I'm gonna file it away. Okay. And every year on in our in our locks episode, mm-hmm. you, you tend to latch on to an idea. You tend to buy a little stock, if you will. What and was I, what was our idea last year, Daniel? Last year we loved Cincinnati, I believe. You uh, you huh? made some big time money on Cincinnati. The year before that, do you recall what our uh what our idea was? I believe it was Navy. Uh-huh, I believe it was uh-huh. I believe we we were all in on was it Army or Navy? No, it was Army. Uh, it was Army. Golden was Army. Golden Knights. Golden of, Knights. Uh, Army. Yeah. The Golden Knights of Army. Uh, <clears throat> the Black Knights. I thought. Black Knights. Yes, thank you. That black. Yeah, Golden Knights are a, a hockey team. Black Knights. Yeah, the Black Knights of Army. Um, I think I got I got an inkling. It, I might be just I might just be stone cold. Close my eyes and bet the Hawaii over this year, like just what the what's the number? Eighty one, over. What's the number? Sure. Seventy eight, over. Like let's just let's just see when the first time Hawaii doesn't hit the over is. Let's just just for the sake of experiment. All you're saying is prove me wrong. You're gonna keep betting it until they prove you otherwise, and then maybe you'll reassess. Fool me once, Clint. <laughs> But until then, uh, yeah, just give me give me Chevin Cordero, which I don't know if you know this, was Tua Tungavailoa's backup at the St. Louis school in Hawaii. I know the high school that he went to very well, okay. and he was the okay. backup quarterback to Tua Tungavailoa, who's yep. the quarterback now, I believe, at um, Alabama. He's, I think I think I've heard of it. Okay. Um, which really uh, quick, just by the way, has there been a more l- – a logical way to try to make association than to say you happen to be born in the same location as another football player. It, I don't. Hawaiian I, quarterbacks. We're going on this thing now about Hawaiian quarterbacks. Like, I don't. You, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't get it. Whatever. Uh, Clint, we got to talk about Georgia. Okay, let's get let's get off this because there's a game in Nashville this week, uh, and Daniel. Yeah, I, where do you want to start? Do you want to start talking about our team? You want to start talking about some news on that side? Do you want to start talking about talk Vandy about, and who you're going? Against? I want to talk a little bit about Vandy first. Let's talk about okay. Vandy. Let's look at let's look across the sidelines. Let's look at the other. Let's look at our opponent, um, <clears throat> Clint. I'm going to give you the the story around Vanderbilt football this year. You probably know is these three <laughs> offensive skill position players. Run, they got a running back, they got a tight end, they got a wide receiver. They're all all SEC preseason performers. Well, yeah. if you're preseason, you're not a performer. So they're all SEC preseason picks because they haven't performed at all. But they are projected to be all SEC type performers. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back. Uh-huh. Uh, Kalijah Lipscomb, the wide receiver. And uh, Jared Pinckney, the tight end. Uh, very simply, I'll ask you, Clint. Um, when you think about this game and Week One and going against Vanderbilt, which of those three players—the running back, the wide receiver, or the tight end—which of them scares you the most? Which of them gives you the most concern? Um, within the SEC, within college football. Uh, 
I'll just go process of elimination through positions I'm not scared of with this defense. Uh, Vaughn, you're a good running back. I hope you have a good season. You don't scare me one iota. You don't keep me up at night Interesting. At all. Interesting. I, I'm good. I'm fine. And that's because uh, of our defensive line? Our co- your confidence in our defensive line? Uh, that is because the, the closer the season approaches, the more I believe N'Kobe Dean is just going to be an eraser of the best player that they got. I know. I know. When do you think it's, we're going to see N'Kobe Dean for the first time in this game? Sub-question. We're already off on a, on a big... Series! First quarter, Series 2, you think N'Kobe Dean's out there? He's going to get run at some... He's going to rotate in. Series two. Rotate in. I'm not saying he's going to be there for the whole series. I think a couple plays here and there, series two. I think he's going to be out there sooner rather than later. Defensive later. snaps. We're talking not special Correct. teams. We're talking about defensive not, not snaps. Not punt coverage. Defensive snaps. I think on a package where uh we need some some faster pass or blitz or something like that, I think we see Nicobe Dean series two at some point. Okay. Yes. Okay, great. So so Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, not, he, not, he don't a, keep me up. not a factor. Pinkney is a great tight end, by the way. I, I really think he's going to be a, a good tight end. I, I like him. But the guy that scares me is Lipscomb, and here's why. Uh, because at any given play, we saw it last week in the Florida game with 66-yard touchdown on Se- stupidity. 70 missed tackles. All the missed 70 tackles 70 missed tackles. Who didn't even get to and, that about Miami. God, well, <laughs> both Both the teams just had no – they had Crisco on their – on their jerseys, apparently. It was just stupid. Um, no, Lipscomb does because all it takes is one busted play and a straight line for 20 yards to change field or get into a position and get some yards and get a touchdown, those sorts of things. So, uh, and he's a good wide receiver. I think those three skilled positions, they're good. Lipscomb's the one that keeps me up. Well, figuratively speaking. He doesn't oh, actually keep me up. The most. Comparatively. The most. Yeah. You're the yeah, most yeah, concerned exactly. about him. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think... I think for me it's Pinkney. I think I think always when you go against a team that has a great tight end, and this is not Albert Hojabodaholaba from Missouri, no. but also he backed up uh, the backup at Hawaii. He was to he was the third to- string quarterback to Shevin Quarter. <laughs> Anytime, but Jared Pinkney is—he's not Alberto, but he is—he's um, a great tight end. I think he, he is, is a solid player. He's going to be an NFL player. Uh, anytime to me that you go up against a team with a great tight end, that's that's the thing that I fear the most because a tight ends—if if you're good and you're a tight end and your offensive coordinator uses you, which like nope, at Vanderbilt, yeah. I cannot imagine like you got three players. Like, you're going to use your three players. That's what you're going to do. Um, that's the thing. that Tight ends are matchup nightmares. Like, you just look at the NFL. Look at college football. If you if you have a great tight end, you know how to use them. You're going to put a linebacker on them. You're going to put a defensive back on them. You're going to put, you're going to put you know. So, like, Jared Pinckney. Are we going to put Devad uh, Wilson on him? Like a star? Or are we going to put... Monty Rice or Tay Crowder on him? Are we going to put J.R. Reed or Richard LeCount on him and man to man? Like, who's going to, who's going to be the guy checking that guy? Yeah. And are they going to be able to? And I just think, 
you know, I see what you're saying on a short pass to Lipscomb, and if he busts some tackles, I'm just counting on Kirby having the boys ready to tackle better than what we saw from in that Florida-Miami game. You know, you just look at the Arizona-Hawaii game. There was not a lot of tackling because there was because there was 900 points scored in the game, but there weren't that many missed tackles in the game. No, you know what I'm saying. You didn't see the glaring missed tackles that you saw in the Florida Miami game. So I'm hoping that was more like rivalry game jitters, first game, big moment, like all that stuff. I'm hope I'm banking on Georgia being more ready to play. So I'm not as worried about Lipscomb. I'm more worried about the 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 death by a thousand paper cuts of Jared Payne oh. catching those four yard, five yard, six yard little hitches. Yeah. And we can't. Yeah, the wide pop just over the middle, just quick snap, throw yeah. it as soon as you get it. Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn is, you know, keeping us honest by by being out in the flat and catching balls on the opposite side. So we can't can't rotate the defense over towards Pinkney completely. So that I think that's the thing. Again, my level of nerves we'll get to when we make our predictions in the Thursday show and the lock show. But that that's the thing to me that that I'm most concerned about, or the offensive play that I'm most concerned about. Yeah, uh, that just Mo Hassan. Uh, don't know anything about old Mo at quarterback for Vandy. No, that's what Got that was no the idea. other thing I was going to say is the thing that Vandy doesn't have is someone to get the ball to these skill position players. Correct, because um, Uncle Mo might be on their side, but I don't think that that's the one that. I don't think that's the momentum one. I think that's just the. No. I think it's that's literally the, Mo's uncle. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the it's the three star, Uncle Mo. It's not. Yeah. It's not the five star one. No. Um, uh, yeah. So what what are your where do you want to go next in terms of our Vandy Georgia conversation? Uh, what I want to go next, Daniel, is how uh, how this team is going to line up coming out. Uh, onto the field, Daniel. Do you have any starters? Are you talking about us? our team? Our team. Okay. I, I want to say normally this is not the podcast where yeah. we go through the Look, starting I, lineups for the Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, I don't, are, I don't. I don't. There are other people. I don't people. care about two star left guard. There are other people out there. I don't care if that's if that's your jam. Like there are other people out there that you can listen to talk about that. No, not, do I have? Do I have any starters? Yeah, I think eleven. I think eleven's going to get some run at quarterback. Uh. Okay, you, you you interrupted me before I could finish. So that's that's on you, not on me. That wasn't a stupid question. I think, I think seventy one at left tackle probably going to start. I don't know. Like it's just a hunch that I have, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> we're in, we're in mid season form. Oh gosh, start, I love it. Start over. Um, start over. Daniel, are there starters that will be coming out that may be a little surprising, a little shocking, or take some people, um, I, I don't want to say off guard, because we know the depth that this team has. We know the type of people we have. Uh, so are there starters that may have been coming out of camp that you're guessing or thinking about that may raise an eyebrow to some people? Now, I've put zero thought into this. But I, I have had some you – know, you didn't ask me this question beforehand. I've not prepared anything, if that's not obvious enough. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, how much of your life is prepared? I'm just saying, I'm just saying if you're a new listener to the podcast, <laughs> like just, just know that these are uh, 
But I, yeah, I think it's an interesting question because I, because I almost, I, there will be, okay? Uh-huh. Like, I will 100% guarantee you that there will be. And I'm not talking about Cade Mays, Ben Cleveland. Like, that's not a surprise. Whichever one of those guys gets gets to start, uh, that's not a surprise. Uh, I think, and I don't necessarily think, because here's, Here's the other thing that I think is true is I don't think Kirby believes in depth charts as much as we do, especially not, you know, he does on the offensive line, uh, but he doesn't necessarily at rotational positions, you know? And so, like, do I think that there's a chance that Brian Harrion starts instead of James Cook? Or, or inst- not instead of James Cook, instead of DeAndre Swift, obviously. Uh yeah, I do. I think there's a chance that like Brian Harry might be the first guy to tote the rock against Vandy. Uh-huh. I don't think that that means that Brian Harry has outperformed DeAndre Swift in fall camp, or that Kirby Smart or James Coley think that Brian Harry is better than DeAndre Swift. Uh, but I do think there's a chance that 35 is the back that's out there. I think there's a chance that 35 and four are the two backs that are out there, and seven is not on the first play of the game, and then seven comes in on the second play of the game. I don't... Uh, I, In terms of the wide receivers, mm-hmm. I, I don't... I would be shocked if it's not Simmons, Cager, and D-Rob. I would be... So, I think my answer is no. I don't think... I would... But... But if it's anyone but Simmons, Cager, and D-Rob, I will be shocked. Really? So do you think that I will be shocked on See, Saturday? If you held a gun to my head and said, name the top three wide receivers for Georgia starting, uh, I, I would try to pass so hard on that. Because it, it wouldn't shock me if we came out and Jorge is out there on the edge. It would not shock me at all. Now maybe if that was listen. Now maybe the first play from scrimmage. All this is caveated with yes, of course. We might have two tight ends and two backs, and and Tyler Simmons in the game on the first play from scrimmage because that's the personnel that we're running. Like, sure, that doesn't mean that Cager, D. Rob, and Simmons are not the three starting wide receivers. It just yes, means they 100%. didn't get the start because, again, that's not as relevant in college football as it is even in the NFL. Like yeah. the starter. Uh, yeah, no, it, it really isn't. I, I just think we'll have a uh, Aziz type situation uh, playing against Texas where somebody who we thought was entrenched all of a sudden comes in and says, nope, I'm here. Whether that be somebody at star, whether that be um, somebody cornerback position. Um, I, I don't know. Wide receiver Blaylock playing the slot for a ton of the game and, D. Rob Cager and Simmons playing the edge, and Blaylock just entrenching himself close to the line of scrimmage. Um, don't you I, get Don't you get the feeling as we progress through fall camp that Kirby goes into every press conference praying to himself that he doesn't get asked a certain question? And and so far, I have no idea what it is, but so far, you get the feeling. He hasn't been asked that question. And God knows he's not going to volunteer that information. Like, he's not just going to come out and tell you because he likes to tell you things. And so no one's asked about so-and-so. 
Uh-huh. And so Kirby hadn't said anything about so-and-so. But then guess what? So-and-so is out there. Like, that's the kind of thing where I think you could really see that. And I don't know who so-and-so is. You know, like... I don't either. No one's asked, hey, is is Lewis seen pushing for a starting job at safety? Because <laughs> no one has thought to themselves that it's even remotely possible. Correct. That, that would be the case. No one has asked... I mean, actually, they kind of did. And Kirby gave what I thought was a really interesting answer when people, when someone asked him about Eric Stokes as if he was the confirmed godsend starter who's going to uh-huh. save and rescue the team. And Kirby said, oh, he's, he's battling for playing time just like everyone else. Okay, now is Kirby probably trying to send a message? To Eric Stokes, because Eric Stokes maybe had a bad practice or two. Like, yes, that's probably what was happening. Was Kirby trying to send a message to Jacob Eason that one time when he said Jake Fromm hmm. is here? And he, uh, well, so two, hmm. thing, two things can be true at once. I'm just saying, yeah, like, could there be a scenario where we look out there on the first defensive snap of the game and, hey, oh, Eric Stokes ain't out there. Like right. it's like it's it's Tyreek Stevenson and you know, Amir Speed are the two like I don't know, Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes just sitting over there on the sideline. Just just staring at each other going, What well, well, just happened? Remember last year when we were out there and they were over <laughs> here? I don't know. I don't know what I, that's to me it's the thing that I love about the first game of the season. Because yeah. so many questions get answered. Um, uh, Daniel, speaking of questions that will be answered, I want to do this. at the. I'm, I'm giving you a heads up now, and I'm letting our listeners know, uh, because you made a point of saying the travel roster will be very telling oh, I can't wait for this team. To get my so eyes on when, that. when that comes out, I don't know when it is, either if it's, if it's closer to Saturday, if we get some sniffs of it beforehand, um, and we've already recorded one. Uh, we will be maybe on the Twitter machine putting out some thoughts on that because I can't wait to get my hands on that either. It's going to yeah. be very telling. It would be great. We're, our plan is to record locks on Wednesday night. I highly doubt that there will be any yeah. news Not about the travel roster on Wednesday night. And so Kirby will know it. He'll act like he doesn't know it. But he will know it. But he won't, he won't have it out there. We'll have to wait till probably Friday. Before things start getting put out there, um, and then Saturday, obviously, it'll it'll be official, and you know, people will be tweeting it out when they get it in their hands. But um, there'll be somebody hiding in the bushes near the team bus, like counting players they get on. Um, just just taking us with a cigar and a press clipping in the in the band of his hat. A grown know? a grown man doing his job. Air heavy air quotes. Um, <laughs> Hiding in the bushes, watching eighteen-year-olds get on a bus and like, noting who's there and who's not there. That's that's a grown man's job. <laughs> just so we're like, just so we're clear. <laughs> and I'm not listen. I'm not knocking it. If, like that's if that's you. I'm just saying it's objectively funny. It's like when you it's, when you put it that way. It's kind of like when you talk about Santa Claus, like an old fat guy. Sneaks into your house and entering. Sneaks into your house house at night to leave stuff for your kids. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but hey, good on you. We need to know that travel roster. So get, get it, you get it however you need to get it. And get it to us. And yes, uh, more importantly, once you have it. Yeah, it's going to be very telling. Uh, I think that's a fascinating uh, storyline to be following. any other any other thoughts we want to get into today? We're gonna we're gonna jump into more predictions in terms yeah. of Vandy, uh, in terms of score and how we think the game will play out. Any other topics of conversation that you want to get into though? Going into the week, uh, I think Vandy is a great beginning of the season kickoff for us because I think two things are gonna happen. And this, I'm excited to see the depth that we have because I think we'll be able to display a lot of guys on the field that can be contributors this season because we're traveling, so it's not going to be you know five deep everywhere. So the people that we're going to see play are going to be contributors for the season. Yeah. The second thing I'm excited for is Vandy is, I mean, they're not good. Uh, but, you know, they're not Murray State. Season, uh, season win total in Las Vegas is five for Vandy, which means that Vandy is legitimately battling to make a ball game this year. Like, to be, yeah. They, this is a right. potential... Now could they go? Could they go four and eight? Could they go three and nine? Of course they could, but they could also go six and six. Yep. Um, and they could sneak up on some people. So this is a. So I think this is good litmus for us. If guys perform is. very well, I think we can safely say that is a good sign for us in the future. Uh, and we're going to see a lot of depth to that. So we're going to see lots of people performing at various levels, and we could take notes. Observations coming back from this will be informative, not throwaway trash we'd still talk about them even if they were throwaway trash oh of course we would of course we would Clint let me just maybe leave maybe leave us with this in terms of talking about Vanderbilt um and and this will again we'll get into our official predictions but I think subplot to this game that's not going to be talked about is uh I think Kirby Smart, I, I would say for me personally, and I believe possibly for Kirby, the worst loss in the history of the Kirby Smart era at the University of Georgia. Do you know what it was? Tell me. It was 2016 against Vanderbilt, I think. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the game, Clint? It was, I, sadly, I do, Daniel. It was 17-16. to 16. We lost. We lost because we tried to run Isaiah McKenzie for one yard on fourth and one. <laughs> I mean, Clint, look, Nick Chubb was on the effing team. He was, he was on the team. The best running back that's played at Georgia, that's played in college football for 30 years. Was on the team, and um, now he wasn't having a great game, mind you. But he no. was on the team. But we tried to run Isaiah McKenzie on fourth and one, and he was stopped, and we lost the game. Kirby Smart afterwards said, and I quote: "It's embarrassing. I'm sick to my stomach. I take full responsibility for it." Listen, there are no moral victories. This is nope. back to the Dan Mullen, Kirby Smart contrast. There are no 
There are no good efforts, moral victories with Kirby. And I think there's something about Vanderbilt that Kirby hasn't forgotten. I think there's a little, I think that's on his mind. As he goes, did you, did you see? Uh, did you see Derek Mason try to hedge this and try to stop Kirby from running up the score beginning of the season? When he said, "Oh no, K- Kirby and I are really good friends. We have a great friendship." Hey, Kirby, right? K- Kirby, right? We're mm-hmm. we're, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Remember that time we were friends? Remember? Please, please remember that. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think I think he, he might. I'm not saying it's going to make him run up the score or anything, but he but. This is a game that Kirby remembers from 2016. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And um, yeah, if you're if you were on that team in 2016, then he's going to be reminding them of it as well. Like, listen, Kirby is oh, going to yeah. use anything he can to motivate this team. And so, uh, if he's got a bullet in the gun, he's gonna he's gonna fire it. And that's uh-huh. that's one that's one that he's got. Uh. uh. When we come back Thursday, we'll have predictions. We'll have locks because there's a lot of action Thursday night as well uh, as Saturday, clearly, but a lot of action Thursday. So we'll try to get the podcast out early so that you can reap the benefit of Daniel and I's analysis and our betting that we have going on this year. We'll preview uh, more predictions for the Vandy game. Uh, And then next week, you'll have some live audio of Daniel and I at the game. Going to be in town. Not sure what we're gonna do yet. We haven't made a plan, but no. um, we will again. Uh, new listeners to the podcast. Listen, listen. That is that is our plan. Our plan is not making a plan. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we'll be at least recording the our typical Sunday drop it on Monday episode. Might get it out a little early to you because we'll be in the same room recording that uh, this week. Might get some audio from the game. Some mm-hmm. live reactions that we'll be able to splice in there for you. Excited about that. But we will be back on Thursday for the locks. Come if you like money. Come if you like knowing what's going to happen in the Georgia game. Uh, and we will talk to you guys then. See you.